Hello, friends. You're listening to the Sound Off Podcast. My name is Nate Laux, and I'm your host. Sound Off is a community conversation show that airs each Monday and Friday live on 96.7 The Eagle in LaPorte, Indiana. And while podcasts don't allow for live interaction, we are still grateful to have you listening and engaged. So please help us out by subscribing and rating the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from. Share the podcast with your friends and enjoy today's conversation. Welcome to this podcast of Sound Off from November 19th, 2021 with your host, Nate Laux. Nate's guest today is Andrea Kramer of Neighbor to Neighbor. Now here's your host, Pastor Nate Laux. Hello, friends. Today is Friday, November 18th, and you're listening to Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. My name is Nate Laux, and it's an honor to be your host today. Joining me in the studio is Andrea Kramer. Andrea is a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute and executive director of Neighbor to Neighbor, an organization creating deep-rooted community experiences for refugees and immigrants here in the Michigan area. We're going to have a conversation about refugees, immigration, these kind of things. So if you have a question about this, um, maybe you're just wanting to kind of be more informed about the refugee experience, how asylum happens, these kind of things, you're welcome to listen. But if you have a question, our number is 219-362-0522. You're welcome to call me or text me or email me at soundoff at 967theagle.com. And I'd be happy to ask the question for you. So Andrea Kramer, how are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm glad to have you with us today. Glad to talk about this very important topic. So explain to me a bit about Neighbor to Neighbor and the work that you do with your organization. Yeah, so I founded Neighbor to Neighbor four years ago, and we work um, mostly in St. Joe County, Indiana, working with refugees, asylum seekers, and immigrants to um, integrate into our community. We do this through relationships, advocacy, and education, um, largely connecting um, community members to new arrivals um, through intentional relationships, providing some community outings, um, some education opportunities, things like this. Yeah, so many people, many of our listeners know that I, I'm the CEO of the PAC Center here in town, and, and my involvement with food insecurity issues is, is often stemmed from, uh, you know, having a single mom, these kind of things that we needed, food from the Lions Club, these kind of things. So how did you get, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume something here, but correct me if I'm wrong, you are not a refugee or asylum seeker. So how did you get involved in this kind of stuff? That's correct. Um, I initially started... Um, in undergrad, as an ESL major, I knew that I wanted to work um, with people from different cultures. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 30 years old that I learned that I wanted to do the work of welcome with displaced people. And this largely came from um, my experience of our young family um, transplanting ourselves into uh, the community in Waco, Texas, while my husband was in grad school at Baylor University. Um, and this was my first time living in a place that felt very different culturally and the climate, things like this, um, that I felt like a stranger in a strange place. And I had someone befriend me who was um, a fellow Midwesterner that kind of took me under her wing and um, showed me how to survive and really welcomed me into a new place. So that was part of it. Another part was um, our children started... Um, you know, seeing things in, in media and on the news and in magazines about other children who um, 
were having very different experiences as them. They were Afghan refugees and they started asking me questions um, about who these kids were and why they were in the situations that they were. So I started just educating myself because admittedly, I didn't know a lot of the issues, um, push issues, pull issues, things about uh, human migration at that time. And so I started educating myself. Um, And so this is kind of how it started. Our family took a long weekend um, trip to the border to McAllen, Texas to volunteer with a group Catholic Charities doing some um, kind of um, initial resettlement sorts of things with new arrivals. Um, This was my introduction. And from there, I just um, knew that I wanted to do the work of welcome with displaced people here in the United States. So obviously one of the topics that many people think of right now when they think of asylum, when they think of refugee, is some of the things happening with Afghanistan, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, So what is, for our listeners that might not know, um, what are some of the differences between, let's say, asylum seekers and uh, refugee status? Sure. So refugees, um, they have to file um, in a country outside of the United States with the UNHCR, which is the refugee branch of the UN. They have to file to be um, a refugee. They're often um, in a refugee camp for many years. Um, And then the process to um, be vetted and all of these kinds of things through um, the UNHCR takes about two years. Um, And if they are going to be resettled in the United States, um, there are um, you know, our, our, um, the CIA, the FBI, the State Department, all of these organizations are involved in that vetting process. So that's the refugee. They are filing ahead of time. Um, and then once they are given the green lights to be resettled somewhere, then they are resettled to whichever country they're assigned to. So when you apply, sorry, Andrea, real quick, when you apply for refugee status, because this is, I think, an important clarification that I, did, I didn't know. When somebody goes to the UN to apply for refugee status, they don't know what country they'll be settled in. Is that's that correct? Right. Or okay. if they ever will be. Okay. But yes, yeah, that's right. And, you know, they, they have to have... Um, be experiencing some kind of persecution, whether that's religious, racial, ethnic, these kinds of things. Um, Now, an asylum seeker, they may have um, those very same kinds of persecutions happening, but they have not applied with the UNHCR, and they come to um, another country and are asking for asylum, for protection because of these persecutions. So they're asking for that um, right when they come. And part of Part of the reason for this, too, is because there are not UNHCR offices everywhere in the world. There is not a UNHCR office in um, South and Central America. And so these folks are not even able to apply for refugee status. So their option is to come to the border and seek asylum. So explain to me, you did spend some time on the border, and I know in your work with Neighbor to Neighbor, you've gotten more familiar just by talking to people who've went through the process. Mm-hmm. So let's say someone comes to the border to seek asylum, and that's not always, a lot of people think it might be you know, South American or Latin American. It's not always that, correct? Correct. Um, what is that process like then? Sure. So I'll speak for um, the experience that I have had with uh, a number of asylum seekers um, in South Bend who 
came from Uganda. So they left um, their home country for various reasons, and it took about a year and a half for them to travel um, to the um, Mexico-United States border. Um, Once they were there, they were given a number that they had to wait for to be called. Um, Once that number was called, then they crossed at a port of entry, and um, so they did it. This is this is the correct way to do it, right? They are, their number was called. They crossed the border, and they were immediately then put into a detention center. Um, some of them were there for different amounts of time. Um, most of them, multiple months. I think the longest was maybe like six months. They were in a detention center, um, and the reason that they were able to get out of the center was because um, the Anglican Church. Um, learned about this group and um, were able to find people that were willing to house them to be like a sponsor. Um, And as soon as they were able to say, yes, I have a sponsor, they were then released from um, the detention center because they they are not criminals. Um, They were just doing the process the right way. Um, And then they eventually were resettled in South Bend. So by the time they got to us, they had been away from home and um, their families for two years. Um, And asylum seekers right now, too, they have to wait 365 days to file for a work authorization after they file for asylum. Um, And that process is backlogged now, too. So we've had some of these folks with us for almost two years now and they still are waiting for their work authorization so they want to work we just don't give approval to work yet correct correct? yep yep and there's no expediting that or anything like that is there there's not no i mean obviously you know you you talk about obviously many conversations are happening about a shortage of workers these kind of things um and immigrant workers and and people just that can help the system and and i'm going to guess many of these people want to earn an income and and so it's a frustrating kind of in between that they reside in where they're legally residents here Mm -hmm. yet they don't have the full legal benefits of working and, and participating in the system, correct? Correct, exactly, yeah. We've got Andrea Kramer with us uh, in the studio today of Neighbor to Neighbor, and it's a, a organization in, in Michigan, primarily in St. Joe County, but also in other areas where we're talking about refugees, asylum, immigration, these kind of things to talk about some of the things that we know, some of the things we wonder about, and, and how we can have a better understanding of the system. So if you have a question, the Liquor Vault on airline is 219-362-0522. I'm going to open that up, and you can call me or text me if you've got a question. Um, you can also email me at Sound off at 967theeagle.com. We're going to take our first break and we'll be right back here in a couple minutes, right here on 967 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends. We have Andrea Kramer in the studio today. And Andrea Kramer is the uh, executive director of Neighbor to Neighbor, an organization that's creating deep rooted community experiences for refugees and immigrants here in the Michigan area, primarily focused out of South Bend. But we wanted to talk about immigration. We want to talk about refugee resettlement, these kind of things. We're obviously hearing a lot about it. Hey, can you talk to me a little bit about I, I've heard you know, um, that Indiana has some Afghanis that were are maybe going to be resettled or are being resettled here in Indiana. What is the status of that and, and, and how did that come about? Yeah, so um, when the evacuation was happening um, for Afghans, they when they came to the U.S., they were put at military bases throughout the country. I believe seven or nine is the number, um, one of which is Camp Atterbury, which is in Indiana. 
Um, originally, they were only supposed to be there for a week or two and then, um, you know, be resettled in, in cities throughout the country. That process is taking a little bit longer as um, we're trying to rebuild the refugee resettlement um, infrastructure. So um, we have heard word that there are two agencies in um, St. Joe County that have been approved to resettle um, refugees and some of these um, Afghan um, uh, individuals. So we are expecting to get about 30 Afghan families in our area over the next year. Um, we're still kind of waiting for some paperwork to be done before we receive those families. But, um, you know, normally with refugee resettlement, an organization is given about a month heads up um, when people are going to come and get their itinerary. Since uh, folks are already here from Afghanistan, we've been told that we might have six days notice before someone um, is in our community. So we're trying to prepare and prep for that. And we're hurrying up and waiting at the same time. So yeah, it's an exciting time. So we have Andrea Kramer on the show today, and she's from Neighbor to Neighbor, an organization dealing with refugee and, and helping refugee immigrants and these kind of things. We, we have a question, a text that came in that wanted some more clarity from you on this. Why aren't they allowed to work right away? Did I miss this explanation? This is an interesting, informative program. Thank you so much for being on the show, they say. So explain maybe a little bit of the process for immigration and things like that, that you know, just because you might have a green card, or just because you might have an approval to come into the country doesn't mean you have approval to work correct that's correct yeah so um with this particular policy um this was something that was just introduced in um, august of the the last year of the um, former administration's um time and so this is a newer policy that asylum seekers have to wait that 365 days to apply for their work authorization after applying for asylum so um it's something that could be undone, and it just hasn't been undone yet. Um, it makes no sense to me, quite frankly, because why, why wouldn't you allow? Uh, what, what was? Do you, do you know what the reasoning was for that? Or I mean, is there a reasoning, or is it just something that was bureaucratic and yeah. made a rule? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I could, I could guess, <laughs> um, but I, I won't because I, I don't actually know why. All right. Well, we've got uh, Andrea Kramer on the show. We're talking about image, uh, immigration refugees. She runs an organization, obviously not an immigration lawyer, but does run an organization helping uh, refugees and asylum seekers hopefully have a, a better connection to the, the place that they're calling home now. And so if you have a question, uh, we'd love to hear from you. 219-362-0522. You can call or text me um, or email me at soundoff at 967theagle.com. Let's get to our first question. Hey, thanks for listening to the program. Thanks so much for calling. What's your question for Andrea? Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for coming to answer these questions, ma'am. Um, no one really is against legal immigration or these refugees coming in seeking asylum and everything else. But what, I mean, I had great grandparents that came over after World War One, and a great uncle that was, he was born on a ship coming over and he had to apply for citizenship because he was born in international waters. But the, the question we've got is, there's a difference between refugees and illegal immigration, and the problem at the border now is technically is an invasion when they're sneaking across. So what are your thoughts to clarify the difference between refugee, asylum seekers, and basically illegal immigration? Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for that question. Um, so part of what um, you know, I've been learning through this work is that... Um, 
is that to be in the in this country without papers, undocumented, um, is actually a civil offense. It's not a criminal offense. So that's that's one thing that um, I've learned through doing this work that I think is really helpful to keep in mind. Um, another thing is is that some of the the rules and um, laws around immigration are quite different than they were when, um, say, my ancestors um, migrated here from Norway and came to Ellis Island. The the kind of requirements then were that um, you were healthy, that you didn't have tuberculosis or something like this. Um, the requirements now currently are are much more strict. Um, you have to be able to prove that you are 125 percent above the poverty line. You have to prove that you are healthy, that you're that you're not, um, you know, a criminal, that you're not a drug dealer, that you're not a Nazi or a communist. Um, so the laws have actually changed quite a bit since many of our ancestors have migrated. Um, so that's helpful too. Um, Nate, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add to that. Well, I, I do want to talk a little bit about, so for those that are applying for asylum, um, uh, what, what is that process again on the border? Because it, it obviously... You know, for many of us that have never been to the border, I've 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 only been to Sal Padre Island to visit my my grandparents when they lived down there. But um, uh, you know, for those of us that might not have been there, there there is a process to this. Mm-hmm. And what is the what is the process again for people that are applying? Yeah, to uh, to apply for asylum, um, you have to prove that you are being persecuted in some way. And so the the process of filing and then having your hearing and your court date, this can take um, a long time. Um, it can take multiple years. And again, a, a major chunk of that time, you're not going to be able to work. Um, so and then at the end of all of that, um, you may very well not win your case. The majority, actually, of asylum cases um are not favorable and so then you are immediately deported and you leave now i will also say that the majority of folks that are here undocumented um, are not actually folks that are crossing our border um, that we think of but they're actually people who have overstayed their visas so that could be um, you know a student visa it could be a visiting visa it could be all kinds of there's a bunch of different kinds of visas and so the majority of our undocumented folks are actually people who have overstayed their visas um, and actually quite a few of those people are even um, Canadian, which is surprising to us. It's mm-hmm. not typically what we think of when we think of undocumented um, immigrants, um, but that is actually the reality and something that I, again, have learned through doing this work. We've got Andrea Kramer on the show, and Andrea is the executive director of Neighbor to Neighbor, an organization dealing with um, and helping refugee resettlement in the area. Uh, if you have a question, the liquor vault on airline is 209-362-0522. You're welcome to call or text us. Let's get to another caller. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. What's your question for Andrea? Hello, is this me? Yeah, that's you. Thanks so much for listening. Thank What's you your question? Hello, and hello, Andrea. Um, thank you for getting on here to talk about this uh, important subject. Um, as uh, there's been so many people um, who've uh, really been considering this in the last few years, I'm proud to say some have uh, realized that, you know, uh, it may not be all that bad. Um, with the, I guess that's kind of where I want to go with this, um, the overall um, hostility that has been uh, out there for some immigrants, um, asylum seekers, et cetera, those trying to come to our shores uh, 
has it gotten better? Um, I hope so. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I just, I hope that uh, not a lot of escalation has been happening. All right. Thanks so much for calling. I think this is a, a good question that this caller brings up. Do you see a difference between the obviously the national political media narrative that can be poisonous to what are you seeing on the on the ground level for, you know, people helping and things like that for refugee and, and asylum seekers? Yeah, I can speak for um, the community that I'm a part of that um, our community in St. Joe County has been incredibly welcoming um, and kind and thankful um, for the people that are coming to our community. You know, as as we know, um, most of us are experiencing labor shortages and this population is um, willing and eager to work. And so that has been an incredible asset for our community. And, you know, I'm excited for um, the new arrivals that are going to be coming and hopefully we'll continue to spur on our economy in that way. I think that's wonderful. Um, they're just just a good kind of people, you know. So part of what we do is connecting um, community um, members to be volunteers and matched with new arrivals. And time and time again, um, you know, initially the relationship is kind of heavy that the, the volunteer is helping out a lot with the new arrival, helping them go to the grocery store, get their library cards, different things like this. Um, and as time goes on, those relationships really become mutual where the volunteer says, you know what, I actually need you as much as you need me. And um, at the end of their kind of designated volunteer time, they often say that it was so much more enriching to their lives than they ever would have imagined, imagined um, that it can be really difficult um, just hearing people's experiences and stories. but. Just the richness of culture and and um, just life experiences that people can learn about and encounter then is um, so enriching. All right, we've got Andrea Kramer of Neighbor to Neighbor, an organization dealing with uh, refugee and asylum seekers here in America, primarily here in Michiana. Let's get to another caller. Hey, thanks so much for waiting. Thanks for calling and listening to the show. What's your question for Andrea? Yeah, I uh, my question would be. Um, why do why does these organizations that she uh, member of or participates in why do they peddle the whole immigration thing so softly uh, when there's a lot of serious and uh, dangerous things pertaining to immigration all the things uh, she's talking about whether or not you sneak across the border or you overstay your visa they're both the same thing you may have gotten approved to be here, but you absolutely are supposed to leave when your time is up. And uh, other things pertaining to the whole deal, uh, you know, there's been cases where uh, uh, immigrants have tended to blow up skyscrapers. So we tend to question where they're from and et cetera. Uh, we also have an unemployment problem in our country now. And you can say, well, it's because people don't want to work, et cetera, et cetera, but it's still there. All right. Well, so, thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks okay. so much for calling. So I want to address a little bit of this because this is such a near and dear to, to my heart. Uh, my, my wife is an immigrant, as I've shared before on the show, um, and she's also a nurse here locally. But, um, you know, for, for a season between the point we got married um, to the point she graduated college, she, she wasn't technically an illegal immigrant. Um, her visa for student visa had expired and we had not gotten married yet. And just getting married, people don't understand that sometimes getting married doesn't mean you have rights to be here. We had to apply for a green card. You have to show them all these things. So I, I want to be very careful with the rhetoric here because 
Um, you know, immigration is is an important thing. It's always been an important thing for to America. Um, certainly, we want to make sure that um, good people are coming into America, that terrorists aren't these kind of things. And certainly, there are there are sy- systems that need to be fixed. But I want to make sure that you know, again, that when we speak of immigrants, we we know immigrants. We we some of us are married to immigrants, and that we want to uh, speak uh, well of them. But Andrea, I'll let you add to that. Yeah, I would also say that, you know, there's only a certain number of visas that are allotted every single year, and those are broken out into different categories. And on top of that, um, the president decides which countries um, will will be allowed um, those visas also. So there's also an incredible backlog um, to, to some of these um, countries and individuals. So, you know, I think the current... Um, visas that are being processed right now for employment visas for folks from Mexico, um, they're working on things that were filed in 2000. So, um, you know, to get in line and to do it the right way uh, is is really, um, the system right now is really kind of harsh for a, a number of folks. So um, part of what we need to understand too is that you know these these are also people and humans that we're talking about um and it's not it's not an easy task um and i'm not saying that it's all been done the right way certainly it hasn't um and also let's let's keep in mind again that to be undocumented is a civil offense it is not a criminal offense um the thing that is criminal is if an individual whether you're an american citizen or you have a green card or you have no documentation if you cross a border that is not a port of entry that is a misdemeanor so that's the only part of it that um, is criminal. If you are here without papers or you overstay your visa, that is a civil offense. Yeah. All right. We're going to take another break. Um, our, our final break of the day. We've got Andrea Kramer here. We're talking about immigration. We're talking about refugee, these kind of things. If you have a question, 219-362-0522. You can call me or text me. I'd, I'd be happy to hear from you. Just got about 10 minutes left on the show. Keep listening. We'll be right back here on 96.7 The Eagle. Welcome back, friends, to our final segment of Sound Off for the Day. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we're talking to Andrea Kramer, and we're talking about immigration. Andrea, you lead an organization called Neighbor to Neighbor. Talk about the work that you do with Neighbor to Neighbor. Yeah, so I've spoken about this a little bit, but um, ideally we are trying to um, integrate people into our community and do that largely through relationships, um, through community members, um, being matched with newcomers and walking alongside them um, for the first year or so that they are in our community. Uh, we also do outings throughout our town, um, you know, things like going to the zoo or the symphony or Notre Dame games. Um, so the large part of our, our work is, is just that, is being friends to newcomers and um, doing this work of welcome. So if people want to get involved or know more about Neighbor to Neighbor, how, how can that happen? Yeah, so we're on Facebook. Um, Neighbor to Neighbor SB, I believe, is um, kind of the handle there, SB for South Bend. We also have a website that is N, the number two, NSB.com. Um, if you want to get involved, there's a newsletter you can sign up for. You can sign up to be a volunteer. Um, you can just send me an email and, and ask whatever questions you have. Um, 
So explain to me a little bit about some of the, or, or maybe share with our listeners a little bit, some of the stories that you're seeing on the ground with some of the either refugee or asylum seekers that you already have in South Bend. Is there a story that maybe you can share with some of our listeners? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll share about one um, of our Ugandan asylum seekers who has been with us for almost two years now. Um, a young man in his early 20s uh, came to us, knew a little bit of English, um, has been learning language really well. Uh, he was able to attain his work authorization and started working for um, an Amazon distribution plant in our area. Um, so some of our packages are thanks to him. Um, and he also actually um, through the Michiana Goodwill um, office, they have a program called Excel that is um, a high school education program. It's more than a GED, it's a core 40. He is um, completing that this semester um, to get his core 40 degree, and he is planning to go to Ivy Tech to study um, software development. So um, just a great individual, um, super excited to be able to go to college. He never thought he would be able to. Um, he's so proud to call his mom back home and let him know he's going to be going to college and um, leaving out his dream. Yeah, this is the story that many of our immigrant ancestors wanted to live themselves, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Um, is the, the story of opportunity and, mm-hmm. and new chances in a new place. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's get to our final caller of the day. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for calling. Thanks for listening. What's your What's your question for Andrea? Is that me? Yeah, that's you. Thanks so much for calling. Yeah. Are all these people that you're dealing with, have they been inoculated or going to be inoculated like measles, chicken pox, uh, smallpox, tuberculosis, lately COVID? Oh, yeah. Th- thanks so much for calling. That's a great question for um, the process to come into the country for that. Is there an inoculation and immunization process? Yeah, that's a great question. So for refugees, um, they actually receive all of these sorts of um, medical services um, before coming to the country. So they have all of that done um, before they even reach our border. Um, for the Afghan folks that are here, they have been getting all that kind of service on um, the camps that they're in, the military bases. Um, so, yes, everyone is, you know, had their COVID shots and um, are up to date on all of the other kind of vaccines that we would expect um, to happen here in the United States. So it is an expectation of the American government, the federal government, that if you come into this country as a refugee or as a a, a asylum seeker or something, that you will be caught up on your immunization. Yes, absolutely. So um, in our final couple of minutes here, um, maybe share something with our listeners that maybe uh, you might see on the media or something like this that maybe needs a little correction or, or maybe some people just don't understand uh, that, that might be listening that you would like to, to kind of correct the narrative a little bit. Yeah, I think um, a couple things that um, we hear a lot on is, is around language that, um, you know, folks aren't learning the language or they don't want to. But actually, this is even a requirement also for refugees that they are um, enrolled in ESL classes um, within the first 90 days that they are here. Um, and it has been my experience that um, refugee or asylum seeker or whatever status, fe- uh, people are incredibly eager to learn the language. You know, it's <laughs> it's important to their survival um, and also just gives them dignity and all of these sorts of things. So language is one thing. Um, another, uh, another kind of myth or misconception is that um, these folks are living off the government and that... Um, all of the rest of us are kind of footing the bill for them, which is just um, 
is just not the case. Um, so most folks that come, they you know they want to learn the language and they want to start working right away, and they're paying taxes. Um, through that employer or employments, um, you know, state and federal, but also every time that they shop, they're paying sales tax when they get gasoline, they're paying gasoline tax. So they're paying taxes. And many of these statuses are not allowed to um, access Medicaid. They're not allowed to use welfare. So they pay into the system with their taxes and they don't actually use the services. So that's another kind of thing that we hear in the media all the time that just isn't quite isn't quite right. All right. I want to thank Andrea Kramer for being on the show today. We, we're, we're done now, but I, I want to thank you so much for listening and having this conversation as well. It's important for us as we, you know, again, talk about immigration in our own community and in Michiana that we have a, a better understanding of what's going on. And the best way to do that is, is again, to kind of uh, take go away from some of the federal and the national media and, and talk about what's happening on the local uh, end of things. So thank you so much for, for being on the show, Andrea. Hey, we're going to be back on Monday. We've got our basketball people coming in to talk about our high school basketball uh, season. Chip and Steve will be here. If you have a question about uh, LaPorte High School basketball or anything like that, we're looking forward to having that conversation. We've got uh, other conversations with Mayor Dermody coming up. Um, uh, lots of just great conversations that are going to happen in the next three weeks or so. So um, if you ever miss one, go to our podcast, uh, the Sound Off podcast. You can listen there and just continue to be a part of the conversation in whatever way you can. Hey, have a great weekend. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. And keep listening to 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for joining us and voicing your opinion on this edition of Sound Off. The views on Sound Off are those of the host or callers and do not represent the opinion of 96.7 The Eagle, Spoon River Media LLC, or the sponsors. Sound Off airs every Monday and Friday at 1230. Please mark your calendar and join us again for the next edition of Sound Off on 96.7 The Eagle. Thank you for listening to the Sound Off podcast at 96.7TheEagle.com.